Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the very talented Oscar Ramirez. Hey, all right, guys. Thanks What's for up, having man? me here. Welcome. It's great to have you. The hysteria is real now, yeah. right? Global yeah. pandemics and all. And yeah. Yeah. You know, very real. Something that our generation hasn't gone through, so nobody knows how to react but go to memes and just make fun of things. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the times we're living in. I feel like in. older people, like boomers... Yeah. Have, they're responding one of two ways, okay, depending if they're boomer. immigrants or you or U.S. residents, yes. like born and raised. I'm having trouble with my mother, a Japanese immigrant who was born directly after the end of World War II, being like, "Nah, we we good." Yeah, I'll, I I don't worry. I will not get sick. I will right. wash. And like I'm like, no 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 no. You need to stay back. I will do whatever you need to happen. Please protect yourself. She's like, no 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 no. She's like, I got I got errands to run. Yeah. Um, and then there are other people who are also freaking out. Uh, being like, get every buy everything in the store. Yes, it's, yeah. we're learning a lot. Of, I feel like about people's psychologies throughout this. I applaud those people though that are not going to let it stop them, and they're still going to go out and live their normal lives. Because, I mean, yes, if you you have to take those proper precautions and quarantine yourself when you need to, but yeah. man, come on, you can't just live your whole life inside the, you know, the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's about really exposing yourself. <laughs> we'll to. See. I mean, I think it's, you don't want to go out to like, you know, anywhere crowded, you know, right, if you got to right. pop in somewhere, get something real quick, pop back home. Obviously I think yeah. that's fine. But like when it gets to stuff, which is like, well, I need to go to the market. I'm like, no fool. <laughs> if, yes. I, if you're going to, I'll go. Right. Cause I've, I'm looking at what these mortality rates are for people in their seventies right. and up. And I'm yeah. like, we're not playing that game. Yeah. That's what I'm finding too, is that, uh, you know, we're, we're sending out information on a thread with my family and, you know, just my, uh, my wife is a doctor. She's got some interesting, you know, she's got some links to things that are, you know, precautions people should be taking. Uh, and my dad is like, guys, Take a deep breath. Yeah, right. <laughs> everybody settle down. Right. This is not life changing. Like just trying to be like everybody chill the fuck out. And, you know, that's it's just like I get it. He's he's extra stoic too. Yeah. So it's right. like uh He'll be on fire and be like, eh, it's just a little hot here. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like, you know, he is the age cohort that needs to be the most worried. So, yeah. And they also have the mentality where they're like, even elderly people are like, I'm refusing to disrupt my routine, yeah. which is the same thing when we're like, hey, what about the environment? Yeah. And like, well, I'm unwilling to disrupt my routine. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, I, I just please look after the elderly people as much as possible. Yeah. Don't let your, no matter how tough some of your parents are, really try to communicate to them, even if you're fucking tough. You have to limit your risk. To that was yourself. my reply. I was like, we're not panicking, man. We're just worried about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, so is you your know. dad still getting out there, though? Uh, or probably. Are you guys keep, keeping him inside? I don't know. He's on the other coast, so yeah. I can't I can't keep can't tabs on that guy, yeah. man. He's, but he's, he's still, a wild card. He's still doing those like group CPR classes. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without the mouthpieces. Yeah. Because yeah. he does First. it old school. Yeah, yeah he does it old school. has got to feel right. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> well, we can move right on to that myth uh, about... Oprah and QAnon, unless you guys had a, yes. a different myth you wanted to debunk. There's no better myth today 
No, there's no better myth to bust than Oprah being a sex trafficker. Even QAnon yeah. is getting bored. Like there, this is. I feel like this is. Uh, this is this is something else from QAnon. I think boredom may. It's gonna render a lot of interesting results uh, in this experiment, if we even want to call it that. Of everything that's happening, bore. I mean, we'll get to that, but I, it's it'll be very interesting to see, like, you know, a world where we're so overly stimulated to suddenly slam the brakes on that shit. And like mm-hmm. what yeah. what the what the knock on effects of that are. So what what happened? Uh, Oprah's name began trending on Tuesday night, I believe, and yeah. so it was I, because of a QAnon conspiracy theory. Yeah. So I I picked up on this on Twitter. I like have been keeping track of trending stuff because I just don't have shit to do. And uh, saw Oprah was trending, and I think everyone is like, oh, no, Oprah has corona. But then when you look through it, it was all these tweets being like, oh, I can't believe, like, if if this is true about Oprah, holy shit. So so the rumor that was spreading, I don't know what who Patient Zero was, but it was a QAnon original. Uh, they should start a streaming service at this point. Uh, but they, so someone said that there were federal officers at Oprah's mansion arresting her for sex trafficking. And that was the rumor right. that happened. Mm. And so people were freaking out. Uh, but that was, and there's like a stock photo with like some police tape outside of a mansion. They're like, this is Oprah's mansion. Definitely. Yeah. Right, and I'm like, I guess I believe that. Sure, why not? And it was kind of funny because the, the <laughs> tweets, the tweets in like the Twitter highlight that I was seeing were, were people who were like doubtful that it was true, but still just enjoying engaging with the rumor. <laughs> like there were because because right. people were like, even TMZ isn't writing about it. It's not real, but until TMZ says something, it's real to me, right. you know. And so then, <laughs> so then Oprah, bless her heart, has to wake up. At ten thirty nine p.m. our time. So where does Oprah live? She live. I think Montecito, live? doesn't she? Like near Santa Barbara. Oh, okay. So yeah, so ten right. so ten thirty uh, ours and Oprah's time. What a privilege to share a time zone with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Has to wake up and whatever. She has to tweet. Just got a phone call that my name is trending and being trolled for some awful fake thing. It's not true. Haven't been raided or arrested. Just sanitizing and self distancing with the rest of the world. Stay safe, everybody. So this like the QAnon got Oprah out of bed. Do you know how much yeah. money that is? Mm-mm. It's a lot of money. Mm-mm. I mean, especially her home in Montecito is known is called like I think I think she calls it the Promised Land. Oh, oh. that's that's sinister. It's okay. on very 40, sinister. Have you seen that place though? It is. No. It's whimsical. It's on forty-two fucking acres. That and Ooh. Montecito is right there, like on the what they call the California or so or Southern California Riviera in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. where. She has mm-hmm. mountain in her backyard and then ocean views in the front. So she looks out into the ocean or like total greenery. Her garden is like on some next level shit. It's on 42 acres. It's, I mean, it's got a man-made lake. She's good. She's, I mean, yeah. she's good. I just want to know. I mean, it's times like these that I'm, I, I'm like, how is Stedman doing in there? You know? Yeah. Oh, Stedman How's died. Yeah. Stedman died four weeks ago. Stedman. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, that's not funny. <laughs> don't joke That's about really Stedman. Funny. And she's not I, telling um, anyone. He's just in bed. She's in denial. 
I yeah. used to draw really. Um, she has really. a bunch of tanks full of drowned Stedmans throughout her property, like at the end oh. of Prestige. At the, Sorry, go ahead, Jamie. Or or at the end of um, <laughs> or like how there's all those Snokes at in the in the Star Wars. They're like, oh, there's a million right. Snokes. Right, right, right. It's just all Stedmans. <laughs> I I used to draw um, fan art of Stedman Graham and um, Jeffrey. What's his name? The barefoot Contessa's husband. I used to draw pictures of them um, spooning and like um, ha- not having sex with each other, but almost everything. But it <laughs> <laughs> was just a coupling you wanted to see. It's just a, I know. I just think that they're they're like they're like beta icons. I love right. it. Right. <laughs> that is beautiful. They're great. Um, I like them a lot. At the same time, uh, you know, until Oprah broadcasts live from, uh, as Miles calls, as Miles uh, mentioned, we call it the Southern California Riviera. Uh, I think we all refer to it as that. Uh, until we hear her broadcasting from from the promised land, we can't we can't trust this denial. Stedman yeah. could be tweeting from her account. Exactly, uh, you know. Trying to if he's things. even alive, I want to see a photo of Stedman holding right. today's newspaper. Today's news. Yes. Oh, today's newspaper. Oprah. I feel like Stedman. Oprah's uh, Oprah's like property is large enough that she could feasibly run a small newspaper just for her property. Or you yeah. know, maybe, I mean, that's yeah. what O is, right? That's what. <laughs> is that just the newspaper for her mansion? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Circulation um, one. O daily. Um, isn't that magazine? Only like it has her on the cover every month. Oh yeah, it's that's great. wild. I mean, that yeah. is truly yeah. Hey, I mean, look, oh. the, when she's on the cover, they sell, man. That's the rule. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I've I've definitely seen interviews with Oprah where I feel like she, I don't know, she is on a separate plane of existence from the rest of us to the point oh, that yeah. like. If were she not uh, Oprah, it would be seen as some manner of like disorder or something, but uh, like disordered thinking. But because she's Oprah, it's just it's cool. Uh, I just want Oprah to be okay. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think that's when you look at the O Magazine Twitter feed right now. Do you want to guess what the content is right now on the Oprah? Is it like Hazmat Oprah? I hope that that's like the next cover. No, the I'm very gonna first. I'm going to guess it's just like spring cleaning stuff. The latest tweet that just came out says, you'll want to live in these soft pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't no! cherish Who doesn't yes. cherish PJ o'clock? <laughs> oh. No. How about so another turning, one? This backpack, <laughs> this backpack gives you a massage while you wear it. That was 21 yeah. minutes ago. No. No. They I know. mean, do what you got to do. They just people got to escape a little bit. I'm sure they have all this shit on yeah. auto. Everyone's tweet, well. But. It is. It is interesting. I'd be interested to hear from some um, some hashtag content creators for for like places like that where like writers just got to like get stuff written right now because there's yeah. a ton of people who want to write stuff, but there's also nothing to write about at the same time. Where yeah. I don't know. I've been I've been um, uh, on like long phone calls with my dad. Because he's just at his house alone, and so right. I, I, I. He's a sports we, reporter, right? He's a sports reporter, and there's no sports, and so yeah. he's he's like a. So he, we were we were just brainstorming 
stories yesterday, like last night. <laughs> right. Of just, like columns he could write? Yeah, because it's like they've got to fill time. And there's also like this big anxiety with like writers who don't have anything to necessarily write about that it's like, well, you need yeah. to prove that you're still useful because people are getting yeah. laid off right and left. So um, it's a scary time. I don't know. But we, we thought of some pretty uh, unhinged ideas of things to write of, about. Of, <laughs> dude, I, I'm sure with your imagination, your dad, yeah. is gonna, he's going to have a book deal by the time this is over. I was like, Dad, you should honestly just like start writing your memoirs and publishing it in the Patriot Ledger and see if people notice, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that's the same thing with my mom, who's a film critic, because sure. like everything completely stopped like there's no festivals the releases are being delayed there's no junkets press conferences so yeah it's 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 definitely it's trying she should be publishing her like reviews of movies that people should be binging right now she'll probably just keep talking about brokeback mountain that's my (laughs) favorite (laughs) then do that 50 days in a row just different reasons you should be watching my mom my mom breaking down every day one minute of the film Right there, like you go. In depth d- discussion of one one minute at a time, but no, she. That's a whole podcast subgenre. Yeah, right. One minute at a time. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, what one phrase that I'm hearing people use a lot now is uh, "draconian." Are you guys hearing that mm. in a lot of places? Yeah. Yeah, a lot so, of dragon hate. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> dragon hate. I, I was assuming, you know, this. Headset like the derivation was something to do with Draco Malfoy, but that's actually not the case. Uh, it's oh, uh, yeah, so Draco oh, was, that's not where that comes from. yeah, I know. Uh, I think Draco Malfoy might come from this, believe it or not. Uh, good boy. Wow, JK Rowling doing a cute little turn of phrase, isn't that wild? <laughs> and being a transphobe, <laughs> it's also she truly does it all. This guy gets wow, really yeah, who says women can't rap. have it all? Draco gets a really bad rap. He was the first legislator in ancient Greece to make laws. <laughs> and oh. like people were like, <laughs> fuck your laws. Um, like, hey, which, don't, don't have that rights? Yeah, the exactly. fuck it is, Draco. Well, so, I mean, prior to that, it had been blood feuds and like, you know, whoever was in, in charge could decide whatever they wanted to do to people. Um, and there were these random people who were arbitrarily... Uh, able to enforce the laws because they like quote unquote knew the code uh but you know uh that that wasn't so he was the first person to write them down uh now granted when we look back at them they're not great laws like you there had capital punishment for like stealing a cabbage uh, uh-huh. but they also made big progress in terms of just writing them down in the first place because everything up to that point was just whoever, you know, ha- had the power and the weapon at that point, uh, mm-hmm. got to decide what the law was. And also, uh, you know, it made distinctions like between manslaughter and murder. That was the first time those were viewed as separate. Um, so very early stages, law stuff but uh okay. you know i think because people were like pissed that anyone was writing laws down in the first place we were like this is draconian this is terrible <laughs> so i hate just to writing be, shit down yeah i hate to be a uh i'm actually person but wasn't the code of hammurabi one of the earliest written down laws in history 
Yeah, it might, this might be like Western bias where this is one of the first. Just, you know, just like want to hold it down for Hammurabi, you know? Yeah. yeah. What Can was I Hammurabi? Say, th- we, you know you're, we're living in a weird time because this is normally something that you would hear from like a guy at a party. Uh, right. One, and it's like, <laughs> actually, um, The code of Hammurabi. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of baggage attached to the term draconian <laughs> that you might not actually realize. And then be like, yeah. oh, sorry, I'm going to go get another Miller Lite. I'll be right back. Yeah. No, this is, this is what. And while that guy leaves, I wasn't yeah, able like- to go to parties and just make people <laughs> run away from me with really boring, uh, Hist- historic derivations of words. So, uh, and I would always have to shoehorn in that I knew what the code of Hammurabi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like the yeah. You guys are like wingmen for each other. Of like, dude, yeah. no, you guys. So you guys both yeah. come off looking real smart. Miles uh, interaction like post mortem. Heard the conversation from. He's like, yeah. oh hey, I couldn't help but overhear that you were talking. Uh, then at the end of the night, at the end of the night, we meet up outside the party and we compare notes. We're like, "All right, so how do we do? How many numbers you get?" They're like, uh, "I had three women tell me to never fucking talk to them." Oh shit! Yeah. It's like really like info. It's yeah. info from the same guy that is like, "Yeah, only watch season one of Mr. Robot. It gets really shitty after that." Yeah. <laughs> oh, so there's man, this band, Tame Impala. <laughs> it's basically one guy though. Uh. Oh, boy. Well, I guess I'm going to spike the next story about how season two of Mr. Robot really drops off. Uh, wow. And you really expect me to watch something and then tell me it's a dream halfway through the season, honey? Come, come on. on. Oh, you're going to uh, hate that one episode, that one season of fucking uh, Dexter. My God. Oh, Oof. wow. Oh, I hope things don't get so bad that I have to watch Dexter. That would be too <sighs> bad. <laughs> <laughs> Truly apocalyptic. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Let's just get right into it. Uh, Yeah. What are you guys? uh, Everyone, take a deep breath. Um, Yeah. I thought one of the best things I saw was from Sheila Blair, who was. I think she was in charge of the Fed under George W. Bush and into the Obama administration. And she, you know, a lot of the coverage about, you know, the economy in uh, at this time, like as everything's shutting down, has been about the Fed and about the stock market. And she pointed out like lowering interest rates to zero doesn't help if businesses can't pay their loans back and they don't have cash flow. We need to get help out there, especially to small businesses and people already losing their jobs. And I, I just think that's an important point. Like this is something that I've kind of felt over and over again, uh, really in the past few months, that there's just this sort of feedback loop between the mainstream media and Donald Trump specifically, and just wealthy, you know, media elites uh, and the sorts of people who pay attention to. The stock market where they think they're the only ones whose opinions matter and i feel like we're starting to see that get punctured a little bit as you know the reality of the situation breaks through oh yeah but, i mean you have mitt romney out here proposing possibly giving people one thousand dollars like right now just to offset things and it's right. funny it's so many of like the funnier tweets and stuff i read over the weekend were things about you know just being like you know, this virus has the government actually giving people human rights now. 
uh, and right. trying to address these things because I think it, you know, it, it had to come to a point where the the rubber met the road, and it was like, are you really going to expect people to not work and also get these things done? Like, how is that even possible? And it, right. you can no longer blame other people. You can no longer say rah rah bootstrap shit. It's like, no, no, no. There needs to be tangible uh, assistance for this to work and not have just a chain reaction that, you know, I, I think they're not quite prepared for. Yeah, yeah. It is bit like kind of surprising to see, I mean, not surprising, I guess, but just like how this has forced the government to provide some like basic services to, yeah. to people, like just like things that people have been asking for forever. Like in LA there, there's been like a proposal to just get like hand washing stations at homeless encampments for like, ever 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 yeah. and they have just started to roll them out in the last week because it feels like a th- possible threat to the, you know the government they don't actually give a shit but like at least something is happening yeah i mean i yeah. think it's going to take a while because on one level you you see that they've done everything they could to try and stabilize it from the top down you know by slashing mm-hmm. interest rates and things like that and the market still didn't really respond the way they did and you know at, i think luckily on the other end Hopefully, like local municipalities, I've seen like even in the area, like school districts trying to set up ways to distribute food for kids who are like counting on yeah. school to get their meals and things like that. It seems like a lot of the more, uh, you know, tangible or effective solutions are having to come from the people on the ground because clearly uh, the federal government is in total disarray. Uh, yeah. But I think it's I hope I mean, the I don't know if we can talk about what are positives or negatives throughout this whole thing, but it, at the very least, these sort of these topics are entering the discussion, at least on a national level. Yeah. I mean, from a historic perspective, it seems like, you know, the last time that America was truly open to, uh, very progressive policies was like during the depression and after world war two and, or during world war two. So, I mean, maybe, uh, that's what it takes to get America, you know, out of its own ass enough to, like realize that people need help. Well, uh, the big brother cast in Germany has been bottled up. Uh, no outside, no, uh, communication with the outside world. And since like the beginning the, of February. Yeah. February since 6th, the beginning yeah. of February. So there's going to be a televised special, uh, where they are in front of a studio audience, I think. And they find out, no, it's, well, I guess it not in front, in front of a studio, studio audience. That would be yeah, so would be. They're like, guess what? There's this deadly disease. And just by <laughs> everyone, being here, everyone we get together it. to tell them about it. No, because so they went in for February 6th. Like the whole point of Big Brother, if somehow you don't know what it is, people go into a basically a glass menagerie rigged with cameras and live their lives completely isolated from the rest of the world. There were new cast members who went in March 6th. So they may have brought in some information from that point. But most of the most of the cast has been there since February sixth. Has no idea of really what the impact has been of of COVID nineteen. And like the broadcaster in Germany was like, "Yeah, we're not gonna tell them." And and people were like, "Wait, why?" And basically saying it's like, "Okay, well, look, we're doing a lot of special hygiene measures, so they're gonna be fine. And maybe we'll lift the information blackout if like a family member of like a cast member gets sick." But everybody was like no, you guys are fucking reckless. Like you need yeah. to, like you can't just cut these people off from this kind of information because it's it has global ramifications. Um, so they said, 
all right, fine, live episode, and we'll tell them <laughs> what's going on, and then they can ask us questions about the state of the nation and the world at large, what's as well as Big Brother contestant ask about the state of right. the yeah. <laughs> and then they can also get like video messages from their relatives, but I think it's just oh, that's nice. Yeah, I don't. It's when I think about this, I'm like, would yeah, yeah. I guess you'd want to know. Yeah, yeah you'd want to know. You would want to know, well, because if like someone you knew is affected, you'd want to know. Right. Yeah, like if I had nothing to lose, if I was like like a you know total lone wolf Big Brother cast members, like I ain't yeah. got friends, I ain't got family, <laughs> that's why I'm going in the Big Brother house. Then I'd be like, why'd you fucking tell me this shit? But I guess yeah, for everyone else, they'd be like, yeah, what the fuck? I have elderly relatives who I want to make sure they're safe. I don't have yeah, I don't this is just funny to me. I don't have the bandwidth to take issue with it. There's a few yeah. stories today that I'm just like, this is just fun. There's that whole there's that story with um Jared Leto. Jared Leto just found out about coronavirus. What? Wait, where was he? Jared Leto just in a oh, sensory he, deprivation tank? He was on a silent retreat, is where this <laughs> is where this motherfucker was for the last twelve so he tweeted out uh, like pretty close to this recording happening. Wow. 12 days ago, I began a silent meditation in the desert. We were totally isolated. No phone, no communication. We had no idea what was happening outside the facility. Just Jared Leto walked out today into a very different world. One that's changed forever. Mind-blowing, to say the least. I'm getting messed, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's just, he's, he just found out today. Wow. He he was self-quarantining already. I mean, what, (laughs) what? absolute privilege to I know. you're like i just came back out to the world is like damn i was basically doing like shrooms in joshua tree for two <laughs> weeks straight yeah or yeah. a fucking medit whatever the fuck you want to call it look i've we've all meditated in the desert quote unquote um mm-hmm. and then just be like wow just it's mind-blowing huh all right well it's really back to funny. being completely disconnected from the pain of the world <laughs> It, did any yeah. did that happen at all with nine eleven? Like, were were there any people who Ooh. just like were like? I wonder what the longest period of time was for people not to find out about that and like the Kennedy assassination. If there were any people who were just like in a bunker somewhere, googling it. Let's see if I don't there's know. any. Celebs. I feel like most people knew because who was that? What was that famous road trip of Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor? <laughs> right. And, the two, and who's the a most, third? <laughs> it was just the, the two of them? Uh, and Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, just getting like, we got to get the fuck out of town. Brando, Jackson, Taylor. Brando, that's what it was. Brando. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a, what a weird trio. group. I know. Next, what? O'Brien Loftus Gray. They're- <laughs> right. That would be oh. a good uh, podcast. What if we just turned off the news and just continued podcasting daily without any in uh, any connection with the outside world? Um, I don't. I, I. It's like I think it's a double-edged sword. Either it will be the most needed show on the face of the planet, or everyone's gonna be like, "This has absolutely no utility, and I need information." Yeah, <laughs> I have um, a feeling it's the one that people need in the world, though. I wonder if there's going to be any celebrities where whenever there's something horrible happens, there's always, I mean, it's like almost the Brian Williams thing, right? Where like some people are going to try to like, like someone's going to like, there's going to be a celebrity who's like, <laughs> I have Corona. And then later we'll be like, you didn't have Corona. You fucking yeah, you're right. Like, I'm right. really, I apologize for the deceptive <laughs> statement. I apologize I made. for live streaming, not having Corona. Like it's I just, was, yeah. I'm guilty of corona chasing, which is clout <laughs> chasing 
uh, where you try and say you're afflicted with coronavirus. It's like yeah. it'll that that'll be a fun story many many months from now. Um, I hear Steve Ranazizi's on the front lines of coronavirus. Oh, oh Steve Ranazizi's is out there, <laughs> and we're yeah. like, all right, <laughs> he's fighting the Steve virus. Ranazizi. He's fighting the virus molecules by hand. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, yeah, Seth McFarlane almost. Seth, Seth McFarlane's got that story where he's like, "I almost got onto right, the plane, but, but if I, well, no, he just was like, yeah, he was like hungover. It's like if I wasn't yeah. uh, unwilling to address my problems, I <laughs> right? And, and that's when your Mark love Wahlberg began. has to live yeah. with the reality that had he been on that plane, he could have saved." Nine, the oh, America yeah. from 9-11. Mark Wahlberg's going to be out here like, we I all have, have our prevented burdens, coronavirus. You know? yeah. It's true. I, I do I do like to watch it. Um, yeah. I, have a, I do want to see. I can't wait till people start coming out with really horrible takes on on coronavirus. But Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, I yeah. want I want to give Gwyneth the benefit of the doubt. People are so hard on Gwyneth. Um, but, you know, we'll just see what comes out. We'll just see. Yeah. We'll <laughs> we see will. what they try. We'll see what they try to sell. Uh, a story that made me uh, laugh a lot because it's so dystopian. And it also just sounds like a word jumble of a cursed news story. Is, <laughs> just is news. That, is that yeah. It's just like news gibberish. News magnets. News word magnets. <laughs> RuPaul is... Fracking? Wait, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Stop laughing about the RuPaul fracking story. There, fracking is horrible, but RuPaul. Wait, is she's doing it. fucking for, like RuPaul like gas extraction fracking. Okay, here's yeah. the story. RuPaul basically admitted on Fresh Air that he and his husband are fracking. So this comes from uh, this <laughs> oh comes. God. This comes from Vulture. Uh, so RuPaul's thrown down with Terry Gross. They're hanging out. Um, RuPaul and his husband, um, who's like an Australian guy named Georges Labar, they have this huge Hell ranch. yes. I mean, of course, Georges of course. Labar is fracking. Uh, they have <laughs> They have this huge ranch in Wyoming. And here is how RuPaul describes fracking. Um, Terry Gross says, do you have like horses or cattle or a farm or, and um, RuPaul says, a modern ranch, 21st century ranch is really land management. You lease the I've mineral rights that. to oil companies oh, oh, and oh, you oh. sell water to oil companies. And then you lease the grazing rights to different ranchers. So mm -hmm. it's land management. Yeah. It's and what you do. I mean, it's, Jamie, I'm sure it's what you do as well. I, li I like it. I he put it in fracking. second person. <laughs> so, so then um, a reporter did a little research and they're like, mm, that sounds a little vague. Uh, let's see if this is fracking or not. And they checked in on just like the records attached to this ranch. Um, and so Georges Labar owns 66,000 acres um, on this ranch. Uh, Labar's company, Labar Ranch, leases that land to at least three oil companies, um, Andar Anadarko, EMP Onshore, Chesapeake Operating, and Anschultz Oil Company, uh, using Frack Tracker, which is a thing, Frack Tracker. Uh, we looked at just 10,000 of those acres and found more than 35 active oil and gas wells. RuPaul is fracking. Fracking, honey. Fracking, Ooh. honey. Wow. Hmm. Get and the least, least those land rights, least those mineral rights, RuPaul. Yeah. 
Uh, so, you know, make of it what you will. RuPaul's fracking. It apparently doesn't care enough to pretend that uh, he's not. He's not, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, y'all need to I forget mean, about drag queens. We need to get in with the frack queens. I know. Uh-huh. I was like, is this going to be a theme of a season? <laughs> like Frack queens? Frat queen. I don't. Oh God. I mean, how can you have AOC on your judging panel and then be a secretly fracking? That's shady. Well, I think you know it's just like one of the things where that's how the mega rich. Like when you get to a certain point, you hear how other wealthy people use their money. RuPaul probably had. I don't know what Georges does, but Georges together. Lamar. You know, you look for like, well, we got we got a little bit of money. What do we do? People are like, oh, what you do is, you know, all it takes is that one person at a dinner party who's like, this is what you do, man. This is what a lot of people are doing. They're, they're buying up land yeah. in, in, in Wyoming. You lease a little bit out to ranchers. That's fine. I get that part. But when you're like extracting the mineral, like that shit, oh, it's so fucking terrible for the environment. Oh, but then like, okay, but what are the, what are the rate, what are the margins on It's that? a great return on Ooh. investment though. That, the ROI. Uh, the ROI on fracking, on oil extraction, on uh, addictive substances, those are yeah. all, that's that's where you put your money, brother, if oh, you want I mean, it to grow. Yeah. When oh, you see man. the ROI on these frack these frack on sites, these frac- oh my, you are going to be gagging, honey. You're going, it's, mm. <laughs> it that, sucks. That's, it, it does suck, uh, especially because these huge company like giant financial companies like Morgan Stanley are thinking about like <laughs> withdrawing their money from uh energy companies like I, I RuPaul should probably think about doing the same with his money I mean after seeing RuPaul's Netflix show oh boy you know Can't frack see. away cuz I don't know how you going to recover from that man <laughs> I was trying Wait, to think of a way the, to say sashay away show? with frack It's a show where it's like RuPaul and like an orphan child <laughs> Like are like an unlikely duo where it's AJ it's and the Queen. AJ and the Queen, where I, and I watched way too much of it out of oh, loyalty to the, to the drag race. Um, like it starts off like you think it's about RuPaul and this child, but the the first episode is like this whole thing where like RuPaul's character is like an older drag queen who is like slowly getting edged out by the younger, more popular queens, and like. She has a moment before she leaves her club where she throws her one last shade. And it's like, at the end of it, it almost felt like RuPaul, like this was written for RuPaul to feel better about like like her place in drag or his place in drag. So it like, and huh. then you introduce this other character where like- And there's just know, an orphan? Yeah, this kid, AJ, who's like, like needs a place to stay and they end up like, to, it's just like, I, I was having trouble finding the heart in it or like it-, it it didn't. It wasn't the messy enough. For it yeah. yeah. I mean, look, that might be a really hot take. People might come for me, but I don't know. Uh, not definitely well, not one I kept watching though. Well, what's I mean, and it was canceled already. But the uh, the there someone responded to because I wrote I wrote honestly a pretty great poem about RuPaul fracking because I've got time. <laughs> um, but someone responded saying that, um, which is something I'd heard, I forget what context I'd heard it in before, but that like RuPaul also has like a really horrible reputation in the trans community. Uh, and I did a little research on that and that appears to be uh, quite true. So Ugh. RuPaul might just like have an amazing community and suck as a person. Right, yeah. I've read takes like that about uh, just even like how production is on our sets and things like that. Hey man, you know when you get to a certain when you get to a certain level, you can either be yeah. uh, a hero or you can be the enemy you used to talk shit about on your way up. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, so many icons behave like that. I would, oh God, can you, what is Ellen doing right now? Is Ellen just like shooting people at her house? Like, is she doing Ellen the hunt? Is, yeah. <laughs> I Ellen feel like Ellen's doing the hunt. You know, lay down like in the foyer of her mansion, Ellen, but like right. arranged in like the same way as like piano p- piano keys, and Ellen. she's jumping on them. And and their their command is: when I jump on you, you're an A. You're an A. You you are an A sharp or B flat. And she then she's doing that scene by, from Big, yeah. where they're doing chopsticks. Oh my god! But with people, she, <laughs> no. yeah, and she's hopping. They're like. Uh, uh, ah. <laughs> just based on their natural <laughs> the frequency that their vocal cords vibrate yep. at she's she even and yeah she's got grape she's got grape stomp woman there for the pies de resistance <laughs> like, <laughs> oh the grape like El- yeah no ellen is just like portia put on these like uh soundproof headphones and then she's just doing the hunt in her backyard yeah she's just she's like give fun. me my spiked shoes i'm yeah. gonna do a piano solo All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Well, speaking of questions that I want to pose and have no way of answering, Mm -hmm. uh, do you guys think celebrities still make sense in this new reality? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're funny. <laughs> They're funny. <laughs> but They're funny. so it's just celebrities being earnest doesn't work maybe. I don't know. It's 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 tone deaf gestures that make me cringe. Right. Uh and like if we're talking about this imagine video I can see We got to how... talk about this imagine video. We're it's kind of always talking about this imagine art. video. I can't I, imagine yeah. why we would talk about this Imagine video, but imagine a right. scenario like this in which the world is at a standstill and people who are self-important and thrive off the attention from groups, massive groups, need something to do and feel productive. I like. I see the sentiment of having all these familiar faces smile at camera and sing a, a, one of our one of these torch songs that most people know, but. There's also this level that they're not connecting to of just sort of like the general fear and tension that people have right now about right. the uncertainty, right. especially financially. And to see yes. a bunch of people who are like broadcasting from like their mansions and like smiling like ain't shit going on there is, is like right. unnerving. God, I mean, oh, yes. Okay, so I Kate, uh, Kate Raft at Kate Raft on Twitter, she did a, a pretty cool thread that um she like researched what some of the houses of the celebrities look like and they're like here's what this celebrity was like cropping out like natalie portman has this freaky ass like space mansion that she was just standing in front of a bush but if you pull out it's the scariest shit in the world and like (laughs) obviously i just feel like okay obviously celebrities are horrible 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 they'll never do the right thing uh gal gadot is literally chaotic evil uh but like we need shit to talk about celebrities are a resource we need to do our job right Mm. and and it's like i don't know i i think it's uh i think it's funny and stupid and jamie uh, we have to we have to realize that we as podcasters see an opening to be the new gal gadot's and natalie portman's of the world but we uh, yeah that's true i mean yeah we're gonna take over 
It is kind of funny. It, I, imagine feeling useful. That's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I think that yeah. So the celebs, they're feeling useless. They're feeling bored. They don't understand what it's like to be a person. And it's. I, I feel like it's a good boost to national morale for all of us to unite and call them fucking dumb, 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 dumbs. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think maybe I think it also if anything, is probably bothering some people that the only people who seem to be able to get testing like without right. fail are like people who play in the nba and other celebrities well, and didn't idris elba idris, yeah idris elba and and like i think like a lot of celebrities have gotten just tested without any symptoms and that's like the only reason right. idris elba knows he has uh, the corona is because right. yeah he like was just like i wonder if i have it i'm sleepy and then it turned <laughs> out that he had it i mean it's there. The inequality class-wise there is is next level. And as yeah. it pertains to the Imagine video, uh, there's a lot of great celebrity betrayals, people that you're like, oh, I love this person. Oh, no, why would they agree to do this? They're just yeah. fucking idiots, man. They're just dumb. They don't understand anything. And uh, it's I think it's f- fun for us to all unite and um, be like, look at these Point fucking fingers. jackasses. Because you think they're actually going to help? Of course they're not. I mean, yeah, that's where I'm that's where I want to see hold my that. breath waiting for someone to do a well, good I mean, thing. Yeah, some showrunners have tried to like put their own money into like keeping some of like the the crews paid and things like that because I know that's a big thing right now in LA is the amount of uh, production that's halted, yeah. which is one of the main industries here. So there's a lot of jobs, not just here in Atlanta, uh, like Vancouver, other huge production hubs. They're all experiencing the same thing, but. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe if the, with the celebrity thing, the thing that's going to change is maybe the nature of celebrity where when we were like in the high flying times of like, yeah, don't worry, we're like running on fumes as an economy. But like we like to hold these other people up who live these like lifestyles that seem impossible that like keep us sort of aspiring to maybe back to people who are like doing really good. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think in the end, we always need sort of like these fantasy, fantastic figures to sort of like look up to and and dream. But I also th- there's also moments where I'm like, ah, yeah, now that we're in a time like this, like people need like some really like they need nourishment from people that have this much influence, too. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I think it's kind of like it's net good that people have like we've all generally like become very like the bullshit detector on like an insincere celebrity uh, right. gesture is like, it's almost a uniting thing where it's like, it's less yeah. even the celebrity that matters, but the fact that we're all like, fuck you. Like, yeah, <laughs> I like that's like the fun uniting factor here. Yeah. It was like rich kids, like riding by and they're like convertible and be like, we're going to our fantasy Island to like drink champagne all day. And the rest of us are like, Dude, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I don't need that shit right now. People are out here in Hollywood. People are panic buying grave sites. Yeah. (laughs) Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yep. A very iconic cemetery. Uh, People like Chris Cornell, Cecil B. DeMille, Judy Garland are are, uh, resting there. Uh, even my great grandmother and my grandmother there, rest in peace. Uh, but they got like the more broke people section where it's just like a little <laughs> like square in the wall. Uh, not like the I think there's like a legends thing by the lake is what they call that area. Mm. Um, they were the co-founder of the uh, cemetery had said they had they just got increased call volume of people trying to buy pre-death plots now. Damn, I don't know what who that's for. I don't know if that's like 
if there are older people who are like, yeah, I guess it's you know coming for me. I better get that plot now. <laughs> right. But the quote from the co-founder was, I've never seen anything like this before. Wow. Uh, and they were just, you know, it's a quote. It's very similar to people going to Costco. They don't need all the toilet paper and sanitizer, but they're buying it anyway. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> it's a little bit, uh, he's being a little bit open with that. He's like, Hey, it's good for business, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's, uh, we're crushing it out here. Uh, I don't know about y'all. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I guess people sure really, it's happening. very important to yeah. be at Hollywood forever. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe not want to, you know, your family don't burden them, but right. I mean, I've been to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery a bunch of times. They have the, for, yeah, they have yeah. that. And uh, it's kind of the worst time of the year when people mm. are coming because there's no parking. But, you know, oh, right. e- except for that spot right there where they on the big lawn where they have the movies and everything, it's a pretty packed cemetery. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, these are coming at a premium, one. And then, two, where are they going to put you? When, You're going to yeah. put you in that corner. If you've like, walked through there, I'm like, how the fuck you don't fit anymore? Yeah, like, plots right. in here. Like yeah. I don't know if you can. I know like the mausoleums. Yeah. Like if you're being cremated, I there's I think there there's obviously space there. Yeah. But if you want a full on bur- burial plot, right? Uh, yeah. That absolutely. Place, that place is like a park. People walk their dogs there. People play Pokemon Go there. Yeah. I yeah. see whole families doing that. It's 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 interesting. It's, it's it is like experience. a park. Yeah. Uh, now, it, if you're if you're choosing between a quiet graveyard where you could be buried or a place where there are people like playing Pokemon Go and walking their dogs, I go with the bustling thing that's like treated like a park. Yeah. You're saying we, if you're a ghost resting there? Just like generally, just oh, like oh. not knowing yeah. what the afterlife has. I just like that idea of like there being some activity and not just yeah. like a quiet like or someone hitting, somewhere. someone like hitting dust off right. out, out the can on your gravestone. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's that actually too. really calm and peaceful there to take a walk. It's it's right. A nice place. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's weird to say that a cemetery well, is, is like it, that, but it's for it's people a nice who aren't familiar. Because you're like, yeah, when you watch the movies, there there's a thing called Cinespia where yeah. they will play older films or like semi new, like culty like films, Jaws, Caddyshack, Pulp, yeah. Fiction, Pulp Fiction, Clueless, things that we they know they can generate a bunch of people to come. Yeah, yeah. you bring your blankets and shit. You sit out on the lawn, watch it. Sometimes they have concerts, drinks. You're, you're not your, your, you're not your desecrating crew. graves or anything right. like that. But that just happens to be yeah. a thing that we do in Los Angeles is we party <laughs> in graveyards. Yeah. Yeah, that's a true story. They, uh, yeah, they actually have like concerts there too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Saw James Lake there. Yeah, I saw a Spoon. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.